Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 31. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week, uh, this will be most likely on the shorter side. I'll be back next week with a, a fuller episode. But, you know, a lot of people always ask about the Federal Reserve, and one of the things that that seems to come up is, hey, why are they so bad, or are they as bad as we think they are at long-range prognostication or forecast? And it's uh, the quick answer is they're not that great at it. And I'll tell you a little bit why. But this week, of course, is the Federal Reserve's meeting. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about what they're going to do with interest rates. And so today I will get into a few things there and also talk about how you can look at the probabilities for whether interest rates are more likely or not likely according to the Fed Fund's future to go up or down. Also, uh, just some of the different nuances and a little historical, and we actually go back to June of 2016, where one of the Fed governors actually said and refused to fill out his dot plot, and I'll explain what that is, for his long-range forecast, saying, you know what, maybe we're not that good at this, and we shouldn't do it anymore. All right, so first things first. When we think about the Fed Reserve, the Fed funds rate, right, there's a couple different things that they have the power to do. And really, the Federal Reserve Bank has the most impact on the front end of the curve, meaning the near-term interest rates. Longer-term interest rates or bond interest rates are more a function of the market and long-run expectations. But the Fed funds rate is bank-to-bank, meaning if a Bank A has excess reserves and Bank B needs to borrow because they need reserves, uh, they can borrow at what's called the Fed funds rate. And currently that band is set at 225, meaning 2.25% to 2.5%. And it's worth noting that, uh, I can't remember what the year was, but it, it's a relatively newer thing where they actually operate in these bands. It used to be they would just set a Fed funds rate, it would be the target rate, and it would be a single rate. But now they have this uh, this target band, and right now it's 225 to uh, to 250 The second thing is what's called the discount rate. And the discount rate is where if a bank had to borrow directly from the Federal Reserve, they would go to what's called the discount window. And typically, that rate historically has been higher than the Fed funds rate, meaning they'd rather banks loan to one another. If you had to choose the Federal Reserve as the lender of last resort, that would be a little bit higher. Uh, So I think more recently, you know, the Fed funds rate has been 240 to 50, although their target is 225 to 250. I believe the discount rate has been more around 3%. Uh, and then the final thing, and this is a newer thing as well, is IOER or interest on excess reserves. And so I think this was approved prior to the 2008 financial crisis, but it wasn't implemented until that time. And it used to be uh, if you wanted to park reserves at the Federal Reserve, you, you get nothing for it, meaning you don't earn any interest. But the IOER is actually the amount of money that the Federal Reserve would pay a bank if a bank wanted to park their reserves uh, at the Federal Reserve. So thinking about a, a bank has excess reserves, going to park them at the, the Federal Reserve, and what interest will they get from the Fed? Uh, well, recently... Uh, March meeting, March of 2019, they didn't do anything on the Fed funds rate, the discount rate. But interestingly enough, they did lower the interest on excess reserves from 2.4% to 2.35%. 
And not a lot of people pick that up, but it was a little bit uh, uh, dovish in my opinion, just in my opinion. And really what they're saying is, hey, uh, if you want to park your reserves at the, the Fed, you're not going to get as much as if you loan them out. And so it all, it's sort of increasing liquidity in a roundabout way. All right. And, and when we talk about reserves, by the way, a lot of people think, well, you know, if the Fed has people's money, you go and you deposit a check at the, the bank, that the bank holds that money and it's just in their vault. Well, that's actually not the case. The Federal Reserve sets a reserve requirement and it's different depending upon the amount of money that a bank has. But generally right now it's 10%. And I think any bank that has, oh, I don't know, it's like $100 million or more, has that 10% requirement. So think about this. Uh, all else equal, you know, somebody comes in, deposits, uh, you know, $100 million at this bank. Let's say the reserve requirement is 10%. They could then loan out $90 million. And so that's called uh, the, the reserve requirement. But it also gets into the whole money multiplier thing. Because what happens is that bank A only has to keep 10%. They loan out the 90%. And let's say on that $100 million, $90 million winds up in another bank. Well, then they have to hold of the $90 million 10%. And that would be $9 million. And then they can loan out $81 million. And it kind of happens again and again and again. So you call that the money multiplier. And of course, you know the, the reserves that are in the banks are actually... Uh, not all of the deposits. And so some people find that interesting, but it's uh, it's just kind of one of those things. All right. I said this would be a shorter episode, but maybe we'll go a little bit more the normal length as I'm gauging the time right now. Okay. So interest rates are obviously very important in the economy. They're important because they deal and they have an impact on what people pay for mortgages, car loans, credit cards, what people get paid on deposits. And also it matters and can influence the the market rate for various maturities of bonds, not only in the United States, but around the world. And of course, uh, most countries have their own version of a Federal Reserve or a central bank, but interest rates are really important. So we know that in 2008, the Fed funds rate was essentially almost brought to zero. Was, uh, the target rate was about 0.25%. And by the way, when we say 0.25, a lot of times when we talk about interest rates, we're talking about basis points. So if the Federal Reserve made a raise in the rate from 0.25, meaning a quarter percent to a half percent, what you would hear people say is that's a rise of 25 basis points. So you know, the 0.25 to 0.26 would be a rise of one basis point or 0.01%, if that makes sense. Okay. So the question comes up, you know, are the, is the Federal Reserve really as bad as people think in making long range forecast? And it's, yeah, sort of, sort of they are. And it, part of this is just a difficulty in making long range forecast and you're making long-range forecasts, you're trying to, to figure out what the interest rate will be at a future point in time. We know that in December, the Fed uh, made a rise, their last rise, to the current band of 225 to 250. Previously, it was 2% to 
And so they make that final rise in December. And if you looked at what's called the dot plot, now the dot plot is where the the members of the Federal Reserve, the uh, the board, they all make their predictions. And what they do is they say, hey, I think the interest rate, the Fed funds rate will be this on this date and this on this date and so on and so forth. And so at the end of 2018, they were actually predicting a couple raises in the Fed funds rate. What's interesting, though, is if you look at uh, you know where the Fed funds futures are right now. And so the Fed funds futures are contracts, futures contracts that trade on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I'll, of course, link to, uh, to all the stuff that I'm talking about. And they have various months. So there's a current month, meaning a June contract. And to give you an idea, they're meeting this week. There is an 80, over an 80% probability based on where the, the Fed funds uh, future is trading that rates will remain unchanged. There's a ni- about a 19% probability that rates will be dropped by 25 basis points. It used, it used to be a little bit easier to do the quick math and do the probability before they did this band. It's a little more complex now, but of course linked to it. And the way that they get that is uh, what happens is, so I'll give you an example. The mid-price of the June contract is 97.6288. If you took 100 minus that, you'd get just about you know 2.375, 2.4-ish uh, rounded. And that difference uh, is basically where the Fed funds future is trading is what the implied Fed funds rate is. And so what's interesting, though, is remember, at the end of the year, they said, hey, you know, we think in the dot plot, and I'll explain what the dot plot is in a second, a little bit more, that we think interest rates are going to uh, be hiked a few times in 2019. Now, if you go out and you look at the September Fed funds future, and you say, okay, what's the current probabilities look like? Well, there's only a 7.3% probability that the rate uh, after the September meeting will be the same as it is today, meaning 225 to 250, 225 basis points to 250 basis points, which is, of course, 2.25% to 2.5%. And so that implies that there is basically a 92.7% probability that rates will be less than they are today based upon the Fed funds future. That's basically saying, hey, the Fed funds, where they're trading, you're implying these other things. In fact, there's about a 37.5% probability based upon the Fed funds future in September that rates will be dropped by 25 basis points to two, two and a quarter band, uh, almost a 47% probability uh, that they would be dropped by 50 basis points to 1.75 to 2.0%. And then actually an 8.3% probability that rates will be 150 basis points to 175 basis points. And of course, that would imply a 75 basis point cut by that meeting. It doesn't have to be at that meeting. It could be at other meetings. But that's what the Fed Fund's future is, is telling us. So I mentioned the, the dot plot. And one of the things, and, and listen, I mean, when people ask me, has the Fed always been off on their long-term projections? It's a little bit difficult to say. And one of the reasons is they used to be much more opaque, meaning uh, less uh, transparent about what they were thinking. You know, you think back to Greenspan, he used to answer questions in front of Congress and he would use very big words and talk in long sentences. Uh, when we get to Bernanke and Yellen and now, of course, uh, Powell, 
um, referring to the Fed uh, chairperson, uh, they have been more forthcoming, not only in releasing their minutes, uh, those come out, so the meeting minutes, but they also do what's called an economic projection of Federal Reserve board members and Federal Reserve Bank presidents. And these are assessments and they, they try and make some projections. So I pulled, and this is called the dot plot. And the reason why it's called the dot plot, when you look at this, each of these members, what they do is uh, people say, okay, um, I'm looking at the one that was released in December. And of course, I'll link to this. It's the Federal Reserve Monetary Policy. And if you look at the calendar, you can go back and look at these. Uh, but of course, link to that. Uh, the December 16th meeting of 2015, they gave their economic projections. And when you look at the dot plot here, basically it's a, it's a graph. And each member says, you know, it's uh, December of 2015. Here's where I think the Fed funds rate will be at the end of 2016, 2017, 2018, and then a longer run. Now, think about this. It wasn't until December of 2017 that the Fed finally rose interest rates by 25 basis points from 0.25 to 0.5. But for really, since 2008, they didn't move. Now, this is, remember, this is December of 2015. And what's interesting is, uh, so they were at 25 basis points, or 0.25 was the rate. And looking at the dot plot, you know, the the median uh, or the average is probably one and a quarter was the projection. They never got there. Um, Back then, they said 2018. So think about December of 2018. Where would rates be? I think the median was more, uh, you know, north of 3% interest rate, more like 3.25. There was someone who was actually even closer to 4%. And so, obviously, they uh, their projections were off. If you look at, uh, I'll just pull another one of these. Let's see, March of 2017. And if you look at March of 2017, you would say, okay, so the December projection uh, by the end of the year would be 1.4%. Well, we know it was 0.5 in actuality. They said it would be 2.1%. This is the median at the end of 2018 and close to 3% at the end of 2019 and longer run 3%. So, you know, maybe that was a little bit closer, at least as far as, you know, 2018. Uh, Actually, they were low on that. And then, you know, you look at, uh, this is the December of 2018 meeting. And so this is the end of the year. Uh, Their median projection for the end of 2019, as I mentioned earlier, was 3.1%. They said 3.4 by 2020. The Fed Fund's future now, of course, is actually saying, uh, based upon where that's trading, it's implying that rates are going lower, not higher. And so is the Federal Reserve really bad on long-term projections? It is somewhat interesting that, uh, you know, they don't necessarily, uh, you know, they said rates were going higher for many years after the financial crisis, and, and they never really did. And what was interesting was one of the Federal Reserve members, uh, St. Louis Fed Chief James Bullard. This was probably off to think about when this was, and I'll, I'll link to an article on this, uh, June of 2016. They actually, so they came out with their dot plot, 
And back then they had, hey, what's the rate going to be at the end of 2016, at the end of 2017, at the end of 2018? And there were 17 dots. And then in the longer run projection, one of the dots disappeared. And there were only 16 projections. Well, so this uh, James Bullard from the St. Louis Fed, who's St. Louis Fed chief, he actually did an interview and he revealed he was the outlier dot, meaning he was a dot that was much lower than everybody else on the projections. But he also confirmed that he was the missing dot in the long run forecast. And one of the things that he said uh, was that, hey, you know, maybe according to this article, Bullard essentially suggested that the FOMC admitted has no idea where the economy rates will be over the long term and abandoned any attempt to project beyond two years. And he went on to say, you know, the Federal uh, Reserve's actual pace of rate increases has been much slower than what was mapped out by the committee in the past. And I'm reading a quote here. This mismatch between what we are saying and what we're doing is arguably causing distortions in global financial markets, causing unnecessary confusion over future Fed policy, and eroding credibility of the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee. And he, he also went on to say the dot plot appears to be too steep. Fed funds futures markets don't seem to believe it. They are priced for a much shallower pace of increases. Uh, James Bullard, and that was June of 2016. So even one of the Federal Reserve members is saying, hey, you know what, I don't know if we should even be doing longer run forecast because, uh, and, and I'll use, I'll paraphrase, you know, maybe we just can't get that right. But remember that the markets and investors are all sort of really waiting with bated breath on what these members might say or what their projections might be. And I just hearken back, I mean, to think just in December alone, the you know, they were pretty, they were doing interviews and they were saying, hey, you know, two or three rate hikes in 2019. Uh, now the Fed fund future, as I just alluded to, is saying there could be as much as three quarter point uh, reductions. Of course, they don't all have to be quarter points. They could do one full sloop and we'll see what happens. Uh, the Fed funds futures, you know, to give you an example, they change their probabilities quite a bit from the beginning of the year to the current. But based upon the current, they're saying, there could be cuts. So, all right. So what does this all mean? Well, I think what it means is that the Federal Reserve, at least since they've been doing what we call these dot plots, uh, their long run forecast may or may not be too accurate. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously the, the economy changes and uh, they're trying to, to look at what's going on and make an assumption. You know, what is interesting, though, is what the Federal Reserve does is they're really maneuvering the interest rate. It's not necessarily just a natural market rate of interest, meaning it all left alone, what would the, the market rate, meaning the supply and demand, dictate the interest rate be? And so when they're doing these long-term projections, they're really doing projections on, hey, what do we think we're going to manipulate the rate to or adjust the rate to in the future, uh, not necessarily what the market rate is going to be. And speaking of the market rate, I mentioned earlier that the Federal Federal Reserve really only has a lot of control on the front end of the curve. Uh, you might have recently heard that the yield curve inverted, meaning that short-term interest rates were higher than longer-term interest rates, and that's still the case. Three-month and six-month interest rates are higher than, let's say, the five-year. 
And so we've got an inverted yield curve right now. I'll link to one or two episodes that I did on that to help explain that for everybody. But certainly the uh, interest rates around the globe are, you know, you've got Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, Japan, uh, a few different countries who have negative rates right now in their bonds, even as far as five and 10-year maturities. And so when you've got this pull down in rates, it's natural that when we look at the 10-year or the five-year U.S. Treasury, that that has come down. Uh, but it's quite a, I don't want to say it's volatile, but it's quite a big move. I mean, thinking we were over 3% in the 10-year, and now uh, it seems like we're on the verge of going below 2%. We'll see what happens there. But that's a 100 basis point plus change in the interest rate just since uh, December, which is quite uh, I'd have to go back and do some research, but that's actually quite large. So, all right. So as far as the Federal Reserve, uh, we've got the meeting coming up. Um, I will link to Fed Monetary Policy website. There you can check out the meeting calendar. You can also go back over a number of years and pull up that economic projections. It's a PDF. It will show the dot plot. I'll also link to the Fed Funds Future Again, that's basically people putting their money to work and uh, buying and selling the Fed Fund's futures contract. And if you take 100 minus its price, that's what the implied uh, Fed Fund's rate is by where that's trading. And so when I say that it's implying a 75 point, uh, a fairly high probability of you know anywhere from a 25 basis point to 75 basis point cut by September, uh, that's, uh, that's how they're doing that, okay? All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there, and uh, hopefully this was got you up to speed, got you uh, covered as far as what the Federal Reserve is doing, what these terms are, and where to look for these probabilities so you can check it out for yourself. And you can also go back and see where the dot plots were and long-range forecast historically and how they've played out in the future. I'll also link to uh, the uh, comments by uh, uh, board member Bullard of the St. Louis Fed and uh, his comment about long-range projections and how he actually didn't fill in his uh, he didn't fill in his bracket so to speak he uh, he left his dot blank in June of 2016 he was the missing dot but he later revealed himself as such all right everyone have a great week we'll talk to you soon